Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, David Farmer. Hey, Launch University listeners, we are super excited to come and share another podcast episode with you. This is David Farmer, and I'm joined by Kevin Jennings and Jeff Henderson. Gentlemen, welcome. Coming to you live from Rome. That's right. Not Rome, Italy. Nope. <laughs> tell, us, tell us where we are, Dave. We are at the Rome Perimeter Center, which is a super cool co-working space north side of Atlanta. So, uh, by the way, Peyton Day, a former Launch University podcast guest, if you're listening, or Dave Sayers, if you're listening, there could be a sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> I sure. think so. so. I think Absolutely. so. <laughs> uh, we're missing Shane Benson right now, but he is off conquering another world. So we'll get a report <laughs> when he gets back in. He's here, but not just in the room. Yep. Um, but we're really excited to be with you guys. And can I just say, some of you have been so gracious to share feedback with us and let us know how the podcast is helping you. Uh, some of you are suggesting topics or guests that we might meet with, and we've actually been able to connect with those guests and get uh, re- podcast interviews as a result. And some of you are telling us where we're missing it, and that's super helpful as well. So can we just say thank you? We view feedback as a gift and encouragement as a gift. So don't hesitate to bring that to us. Specifically, want to give a shout out to Beth Pelfrey, a Launch University listener out there. Beth, thanks for encouragement. Yeah, Beth shared an email with me, and I passed it along to the team, and, and she was super gracious to do that. So thank you, Beth. I'll say that as well. All right, today, let's talk about what's going to happen today. We use the expression a lot when we talk about Launch University. We want to help you turn good ideas into reality and sustain them. And so as we're having a conversation, we said, so where do these good ideas come from? And how do we hedge our bet that we're going to have lots of good ideas? Because we would all love to be the kind of folks that are just, you know, we're we're stored up. We're we're sitting on good ideas. So as we discussed it, we talked about the concept of nutrition. Uh, A lot of us are focused on what we eat. There's always buzz going around uh, on this issue of nutrition, diets. Keto is a big thing now. Do you do carbs or not do carbs? (laughs) And, you know, you hear a lot about that. But uh, I'm going to steal from... uh, Tommy Newberry, one of our friends, who uses, he talks about positive mental nutrition. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. What are you feeding? What are the inputs that are coming into your mind that are going to help generate some of the, the, the great ideas you're going to have? And it, and it may be mental nutrition. Um, what are you consuming mentally? But it also may, may be what are you consuming experientially as well? Right. So... Uh, if you're sitting out there, and especially if you're driving, working out, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know how to get all these ideas, Kevin and his team are so awesome. They put show notes together. We're going to capture this because this is going to be one of those rapid fire episodes where we're going to put a list together and we're going to bounce all over the place. Is that fair, guys? Let's Sounds go. good. All right. So I'm going to go to uh, Jeff Henderson. Here's the deal. We're going to rattle off ideas. Some of them you're going to go, that doesn't do a thing for me. That's That's cool. Wait for the ones that, that just move you and ultimately transform your life. <laughs> Don't know where that's going to happen, but somewhere along the way, you're going to find something that hopefully will help. So, uh, Jeff, I'm going to let you kick us off. What's the first idea uh, or the first input that may help us come up with good ideas? Well, for me, David, I, I don't know if we're going to go in, in order here, but for me, margin is the, the, the thing that really stands out to me. And margin in your calendar so that you can allow 
you were, you were the, the ideas to, to, to just be able to, to, to grow and flourish. Uh, ideas for that could be, you know, our mutual friend Tim Tosopoulos talks about library days or library time. But I feel like you've got to have margin in your schedule. If not, if you're going from meeting to meeting to meeting or pace to pace to pace, um, you're just not going to be able to, to allow the, your, your, your mind to think. And I think sleep, I think meditation, devotion, prayer, I think exercise is really important. Um, I never will forget one time I was trying to, I was doing a talk, I was trying to illustrate heaven. I'm like, how in the world do you illustrate heaven? So I went and I, I just couldn't figure it out. So I went on a run. And then right when I got through that run, so there's margin to go for a run, right? Got through with the run, and immediately I thought, oh, I know what I could do. I could illustrate it with, with dead flowers, that this is, this is death, but then heaven, you would have these new flowers that magically appear. What came to me in that moment right after the workout, I can't tell you how many ideas I've had right after a workout. So you've got to have that margin in your schedule because that's where the good ideas, they're hiding. You have to go out there and get them. Okay, so you referenced library time as well, library days. Mm-hmm. i got to be honest, sometimes I'm thinking, what role do libraries have now in this digital age, you know? But uh, you've got a good application for it, so unpack that just a little bit more. Well, you know, and again, Tim, Tim tells us uh, this. He, he says libraries are great because they're quiet and you can't, they don't let you use your cell phone. And I'm also reading, reading a book right now called Digital Minimalism, and a fantastic book. And Kevin's it, nodding. He's giving him a fist pump I, on that I, one. I, just, I just bought it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think, David, library days and library time helps take the volume of noise out of our lives. And so they can, can be filled with uh, higher opportunities for better ideas. That's awesome. All right, there you go. So margin. Um, you got to have margin if you're going to come up with a lot of good ideas. And having some library time or going on a great run, it, those are just a couple of ways you can sort of program in that margin. Kevin. Yeah. I'll go to you. Well, for me, um, I'm going to say what I've been working on recently. So I started journaling in the last year, um, in, by, in the 2018, and mainly because I kept hearing about it. And I, and I knew that um, the times I've journaled consistently in my life is because I had a prompt. Like I needed a question to just to just dissect. And um, But also my, my counselor was like, hey, Kevin, you do a pretty bad job of just knowing your own emotional state. You're so preoccupied with the challenges around you, the things you need to solve, the team you're trying to lead. You don't know much about you. And that's the issue. He said, I just need to ask yourself every day, how am I feeling right now? Like just that simple question of how am I feeling? Answer the question and then move on. It's not to solve the problem, just to gain awareness. And I recognize that doing that with other questions repetitively has been paying off for me. So I answer the same six or seven questions every single day. But now I'm able to start, it's almost... Okay, now this is where the nerd comes in. I start to almost track progress or track what's happening. Like, hey, I've been, I've been feeling anxiety three days in a row. What is happening? Like, is there something I need to be looking for? And it actually made me ask myself questions. And the other question I've asked myself every day has been, what did I learn yesterday? And uh, and that's really been driving a lot of my insights. I'm like, oh man, I didn't even. And it's not. And it's been scattered. Just been random things. But but now I'm, I'm able to capture what I'm learning through life as opposed to trying to keep it but then making the same poor decisions. I think it makes it more concrete through a journaling process to pro- just for me to process what's going on around me. And I've gotten a lot of new ideas because of it. That's great. All right, can I build on your journaling Please. idea? And I'll, I'll confess, I'm not a 
a journaler in the sense that so many people do journaling, which where they they you know got their little uh, moleskin kind of book, or they they're doing it digitally. Um, but here's a variant of that, and I do this. I feel like we all need some place we're gonna we're gonna capture the ideas. We're not gonna be especially if we're generating a lot of good ones. We're not gonna be able to keep them straight or organized in our mind. So I at least have what I call an idea repository. Hmm. And I do that in OneNote because I use OneNote for a lot of stuff. People might use Evernote or some other digital tool. But I would ask listeners, where's the spot that when the idea hits you, which we know can happen at some random time and place, where are you going to capture it uh, so you don't lose it? So That's, that's great. My, that's my contribution. I love it. And once you get past 30 years old, if you don't capture it, it will you will forget it. Yes. All right, so Jeff, let's come back to you. Let's uh, let's throw another one out there on the board. Uh, let's talk about the twenty-four hour waiting period. I, I feel like every good idea or new idea actually needs a twenty-four hour waiting period. What do I mean by that? Well, if you have an idea and then you start telling somebody about it within thirty minutes to an hour, that may work. But what I've discovered is once there's a twenty-four hour waiting period, you sleep on it, you wake up. Sometimes those ideas that you thought were great yesterday they don't really hold up. They, they, they don't really hold up over time. Then there are other times when you wake up the next morning and you're like, no, I still think this is a great idea. So I think the 24-hour waiting period is something before you start sharing it, uh, let it mar- let marinate on the idea and see if it ha- has some uh, holding power. You know, one, one thing I do try, try to do now to let things marinate has been before I tell people the actual idea just ask them questions related to the idea. Questions like, hey, yesterday I saw this happen. I thought this was a big deal. What do you think about that? And people think it's just you know witty banter. But I'm like, no, no, I, I, I'm curious to hear, does anyone else see this problem like I see it? Does anyone, does anyone even care about this problem the way I see it? Or I'll say something like, hey, you know, um, wouldn't it be cool if they had this instead? What do you think about that? Like, that's that's crazy. You know? And so it's not my solution. It's just, it's just a preliminary opportunity for me to start digging deeper into the idea just by asking questions. And then if I start to feel there's a groundswell like amongst my buddies or friends or people around it, I'll start to think, let me see if this even exists. And I think just the preliminary research and question and fact-finding, it actually gives me more chance to say, you know what, that's a bad idea. There's a reason it's not working. And I, and I, and I can disqualify it long before I've started to become this, you know, obsessed about how great it is or one of the affirmation from others <laughs> For the, for the idea itself. So I'm assuming you can ask, obviously, trusted sources, people you know. You can go online and, and ask questions, right? Yeah, I sure could. You can ask your Alexa. That's, that's very true. <laughs> or your Google Home Assistant, what it thinks about the idea. I think there needs to, to Kevin's point, there needs to be kind of a concentric circle of that. I would ask a trusted group close. And, and, and I think actually typically... This needs to be a little bit more of a positive group that you ask, because if not, you could have somebody that kills the idea early on. But as the concentric circles grow, you definitely need those skeptics in there. I just think the skeptics need to come a little later than in the early part. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's why I try to focus more on asking just a general question, because I think when it's about the idea, then things about you get wrapped in. Because we, we watch, you know, we say this all the time, you want people to believe in your idea, but they're asking if they can believe in you. And I can strip that away. I'm just like, hey, I saw this crazy thing happen yesterday. What do you think about that? And, it, and it's not about me at all. It's just here's my opinion on such and such a idea or fact or circumstance in the marketplace. And it's and, and just get more, you know, just general feedback, anecdotal, of course. But it starts a process in me. I just give me more inputs to mull over 
with the idea in the marination period. All right, so here's what I'm taking out of this conversation, that I get an idea, I may need to recognize that's just the starting point yeah, for and, sure. and not the finished product. So I'm going to call that idea version 1.0, and I may need to sit on a little bit, marinate on it, ask questions about it, get feedback, refine it, and it goes to version 2.0, 3.0, and, and maybe by the time I get to the fifth version, I got a, I mean, I got a winner. That's right. And, and I would also add this. This was so helpful. I wish somebody had shared this with me when I was in my 20s. But the Kevin and I were talking about this earlier, the, the journey of an idea. So typically, not every time, but I would say more often than not, this is how an idea goes. There's the birth of the idea, which is what we're talking about. Where do ideas come from? Then there's the death of the idea. The idea dies. Then there's the resurrection of the idea. And then there's the ascension of the idea. And when I hear launcher stories... And they tell me their stories. That's what, in essence, they're telling me. Hey, I had this idea, then I hit this hurdle, and I thought the thing died. But then something happened over here, and it actually got took me in a whole different area. That was the resurrection. And then now I have got this sustained in business. That's ascension. Uh, I think Truett's story. You know, all of these. There's and again, there may be exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, that journey of an idea is where you are. And once again, we say the death of your career. We didn't say the death of the business opportunity. We said the death of the idea. And I think that is just true. I mean, Instagram was not doing what it's doing today when it first started. You know, I mean, that, that's just the reality. Like, well, yeah, Joe Gibbia with Airbnb, he thought he was going to end up, his, uh, his initial idea was to go sell air mattresses to condos. And it died. But he said, no, I still think there's an idea here. And that's when it flipped to the resurrection of the idea. And now it's the largest hotel chain in the world. All right, that's good. All right, I'm going to throw one out. It's kind of an obvious one. There's good old-fashioned ideation sessions or brainstorming. True confession, when I'm asked to participate in a brainstorm session, I kind of rebel a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, all the rules, no idea is a bad idea, and I'm going, mm, some of them aren't that good, so this is not real. Uh, but here's, so I don't always get excited, especially if we're just going to, all we're going to do is ideate, 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 and there's no evaluation. But here's what I have learned for me personally. There is huge value in ideation. There's huge value in brainstorming. And so the way I do it is I sometimes put myself on the clock. It's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. But can I do a five-minute sprint or a 15-minute sprint? That's or good. can we do it for a half hour? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always, you get your list out, you think you're done, and they go, now you got to do more. I'm like, I gave you what I had. But so anyway, if you struggle with that like I do, it's a legit approach. Can you at least do it for a sprint or a short period of time? One of the things I challenged myself with uh, a couple years ago is don't discount the margin of 15 minutes. You know, you could, somebody's late for a meeting, you're like, oh, I'll just, you know, check Twitter for 15 minutes, whatever. But no, 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 no. That's 15 minutes that you could actually come up with a really good idea. That's well said. That's for sure. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Kevin, I want to go to you. Sure. Let's talk about ideas that might come as a result of challenges or maybe a new assignment you take on. Yeah. So I spent most of my 20s saying yes to everything. And, it, and when I look back upon it, we can talk about why I did all that. But I said yes a lot. I mean, a lot. Probably more than I should have. But I said yes a lot. And it, it really changed my life. I, I don't think I would even be in this room with you all right now had I not said yes. Right? I mean, Reggie Joyner, great leader, Orange, a nonprofit based in Atlanta, says, Kevin, will you come down here and do this? I was like, I've never even heard of this new organization. I don't know what you do. I've never done it before. Let's go. 
You're right, and I, and I think that I think sometimes we have to let the new challenge and an, an assignment pull us out of the comfort zone to get new ideas. I remember that I told my wife I took this job because I had an idea on how I could help, but I didn't have the idea on even how I could help until the, the opportunity was presented to me. I researched it more. I spent I spent a couple of weeks thinking about. It. I said what what could I help in this area? And I said I have ideas. Okay, let's go. And I think that so we have to open ourselves up enough to say what could something new bring to the table or, or really bring out of us that could let us bring value to the team. That's great. Can, Jeff, any thought about a challenge or assignment? You've had a lot of those lately. You, you kind of lean into this a lot too, but one that you took on and it just opened up um, a whole new area of growth or thought. Can you think of what's, what's one you would point to? Well, I would say the, the four Gwinnett movement. I mean, I, um, we, you know, we asked the question, what do you want to be known for? And, Many people are more familiar what the church is against, right? What the church is for, and then so we launched Four Gwinnett, and then a few, like a year later, I started getting coffee mugs in the mail and T-shirts from other churches going, "Hey, we're doing Four Winnipeg," and so and so, I thought, "Wow!" And then now, you know, I'm a few months away from launching this book, so you know, you never know where an idea will lead you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that was the it's kind of the laboratory of this idea. So I mean, I'm I'm able to tell people that read the book now. This isn't something I came up with three weeks ago. This is actually something that, you know, was birthed eight years ago. Yeah. Well, and it does, when you get a really good idea, I was, uh, it just goes to show how far it can run. I, I was looking at, I think it was either the USA Today or New York Times newspaper on an airplane yesterday, looking at the bestseller book list. And there were books that have been on there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason they have such staying power was the idea was so good. Mm-hmm. And so it's still relevant. And yep. so literally 10, 20 years later, people are still buying enough of that book to get it at the top of the charts. Like, mm-hmm. wow. I think that's where four, your four books going to. I hope too, so. Way. Come yeah. on. I got <laughs> two college students, so that'd be great. Well, I mean, speaking of books, it kind of sets us up for another set of inputs yes. that kind of help with how we get our new ideas. Yes. So we, there's, there's this whole category of content consumption, okay, which means what are you ingesting mentally, experientially, that it's going to help you learn, it's going to help you grow, it's going to help you perform better, but it's also going to fuel your next big idea. So, Jeff, walk us through some examples of that. Kevin, you jump in, too. Well, our mutual friend, Tommy Newberry, asks a question each week, you know, with your weekly focus. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening? I mean, so you actually have to write down in a box, okay, I'm going to read Leadership by John Maxwell. What are you going to listen to? I'm going to listen to the Launch University podcast. What are you going to watch? Well, I'm going to watch this Netflix documentary on whatever so that you go in knowing I've got some content consumption goals this week. So for me also, I have a goal each week of a number of chapters I want to read. That's just the goal. Uh, Many weeks I hit the goal. Some weeks I don't. But what I discover is when I reach those chapter goals, I read a lot more just because of those. You talk about chunking it down. And it's not like, I've got to read a book a week. Well, I can read. I don't know if that's possible. Some weeks it is, but it is possible to read a few chapters a week. Yeah. I would tell you that I'm not sitting still enough to physically always pick up a book and read it and make as much headway as I want. I can do a little of that, and I actually enjoy that. It just doesn't match as well with my schedule. But I've been an Audible subscriber for a long time, and I'm just on the unlimited plan, you know. I think I don't know if that's what they call it, but I, 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 I can get a lot of books. Mm-hmm. 
And I love music and I love listening to music, but I've just said I'm going to try to use my workouts and a lot of my commute time when I'm not on the phone just to listen to podcasts or books. And so I can go through a book almost every week. Some of them are long and they'll take me two weeks. Yep. So that, so that was sponsored by Atlanta traffic, that consumption. But no, I, I agree with that. I, I had to own that. I get through books fast when they're in audio format. Um, and, and so as much as I love to read physical books as well, I'm doing a balance between the two. And then when I want to consume a book really quickly, I'll actually get the audio book and the physical book. Um, and the ebook copy of one book, and I, and what that means is there's not any margin of my time I can't be reading that copy of the book. So, for example, I was getting ready for a team retreat a couple years ago, and I was like, I wonder when get this book done. So I bought all three formats, and to just point about the 15 minute margins, we have a book in every format. You, there's no moment you can't get through it, and I, and I got through the book in less than a week, and it was a really heady book, but I had all these opportunities I had never seen before. So I want to call everybody out with that and say like. That's the best part about the content consumption. If you're willing to, you know, print that article that you found online you wanted to read, that person being late for the meeting, you get to find these small pockets of time to really put some more inputs in to kind of get that positive mental nutrition. And just so y'all know, the the four book will be on Audible, and both of your names are listed in the book. So if you want to listen, just go ahead and download it for a minimal price. And Kevin, (laughs) listening to you, because I do a lot of Audible books, one of the Audible books I listened to recently was Atomic Habits by James Clear. So James Clear, I don't know if you're a listener, but hey. Sure he is. um, it was really it was awesome, but I'm doing it while I'm working out for the mm-hmm. most part. So I'm not actually writing notes, but he had so many good things that I wanted to write. But then I can go online afterwards, and I can go to his website. I can even find uh, summaries of the content out there. So just know that's that's a way to sort of plus up the reading experience. And one little hack for the Audible people out there and the podcast folks: there are apps out there you can actually hit quick little buttons, and it kind of bookmarks spots for you to go back to. And that's been a game changer for me, too, because I'll go back later and I'll find it. Um, Now, with that being said, if we move out of this section and we don't let you know that Launch University is we we designed this podcast to be in this bucket just for you. When we sat down and made this whole idea up and said, let's let's work on this and let's marinate on this. It was the idea that someone out there would say, I need to add to what I'm fueling my ideas with and fueling my positive mental nutrition with every day and we want to be a part of that we want to be a part of that weekly rhythm in your life by being a part of it so please subscribe to the podcast automate this as a big part of our practices we pay for subscriptions we pre-buy books for the year we do things that hopefully make this process easy and that happens by subscribing to the podcast. So this is a big plug. Yes, it is. But we really, really want to be a part of your world to help you do this. And we bring smart people together to share that. Not including us, all of our fantastic guests. That's good. All right. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to go to social experiments. And we talked about this a little bit before. I don't even know where this label came from, quite honestly. But let me give you my definition of a social experiment. If you put this label on it, it gives you permission to try something that's maybe even a little out there, arguably wacky, and something that you may not be likely to succeed at. And you can fail, and it's totally cool. And you say, it's a social experiment. But it gets you out of your comfort zone. It gets you out of a rut. And so I have said, I'm going to be a social experimenter, and I'm just going to try a lot of different things. And some of them I'm going to love, and I'm going to 
adopt them as uh, just a part of my life and an everyday thing. And some of them I'm going to completely reject and now feel good about rejecting it because I tried it. Mm. So I don't know if you guys have anything like that in your life, but I, I think that's a way to open up new worlds. It's a way to explore new worlds without feeling like you're having to make a significant commitment and redef- even redefine your identity. You don't have to. Could you give us an example? Um, well, you know, I remember Shane told me that this, it was seemed like such a crazy idea about getting someone to help drive me sometimes so that I could use a long commute time to do work. And he, he sort of threw down the dare. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to do it as a social experiment. What happens if I don't drive myself? And so, you know, it's easy to do now with Uber, Lyft, and all that out there. And I did it. And I, I figured out there was enormous value in me doing that uh, on occasion. And so it has become... Uh, a good practice. Another social experiment that I did at the request of my wife was take ballroom dancing classes. I would say it failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can do any of that, but I tried, and we had, you know, we had a fun time in the midst of it. But those, it's just, it's sometimes it's silly, sometimes it's it's real and serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also because of David doing it, I tried doing it for a few times, and whenever I know of a long, even though I was still living here in Atlanta. Whenever I had a long commute into the city, even for us to go to Rome together, I would try to get an Uber just because, like, well, I know I'm going to have an hour and a half to two hours I can add back into my day. And it will always made a difference. Um, and so I think that's something I've been thinking about, even just looking at other people's experiments saying, ooh, I want to try that. But I think the key for me, and not to speak for everyone else, obviously, is that I have to define when I'm going to evaluate it. Yeah. Because I think when you don't, then it became another New Year's resolution that you didn't follow through on. Yeah. And I know Jeff talks about this idea of, of the first and ten. And you know, so share that idea again. I think you shared it before, but I think it's a good content for this for this mm-hmm. moment. It's the the idea that uh, new months are more powerful than new a new year resolutions. So having twelve new month resolutions, it's just more powerful and more sustainable than one new year resolution. So you take the first ten days of the month and say, "Hey, I'm going to try something. I'm going to do yoga for ten days. I'm going to do ballroom dancing for ten days. I'm not going to have, you know, soft drinks for ten days." And what happens is is that. It's not as daunting as for the rest of the year I'm going to take ballroom dancing. It's I'm going to go. The, I'm going to go the, do this for ten days. What I've noticed is that those ten days don't really sometimes end at ten days. Sometimes they sustain. Mm-hmm. So that's first and ten. I'll give you one other illustration because a lot of people work out, so it may help. Uh, you don't want to be in a rut as it relates to even your wellness routines and your workout so how do you get out of the rut so you got to try some things well when we go on the road we'll oftentimes put together little team workouts and we'll go to we'll just somebody's in charge of finding a crazy place to go work out Mm. and we've been to uh, you know everything from soul cycle to interval training facilities crossfit stuff orange theory boot camps we're always just trying something, and in the midst, there's some stuff I've done. That I'm like, I ain't ever doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, but not again. But there's some other stuff I said, okay, I'm going to bake this into my program now. And I wouldn't have known about it. I wouldn't have had the impetus to try it had we not just said, let's just go experiment and even do it together. That's cool. And I think uh, an example of that, too, a social experiment, is Launch University. Yeah, that's right. That's hey, really. Hey, let's, uh, let's start a podcast. Then the next thing you know, we're like at 120 episodes. So jury's still out, but yeah, we're <laughs> that's right. 
right, that's, so that's why it's called experiment, Dave. Yeah, that's social experiment. Kev, let's talk about people. How can people be a, a fuel source for great ideas? So one of one of the things I've and I've always been naturally drawn to do this. So it might be laziness, but whenever I have an idea, I'm always thinking to myself, who already knows about this, and can I talk to them? And and I and I think what that also led to is you start to explore and connect with people who just aren't like you. And I think that's a big part of it as well. Am I am I being intentional about talking to people who are not like me on a regular basis? So I'm the guy that sometimes in my Uber, I decide intentionally I'm going to talk to my driver. Because one thing about Uber drivers or Lyft drivers, they're none of them are none of them woke up said, you know what, I want to do my rest of my life, I'm gonna drive Uber. But almost all of them have a side this is their, this is their side hustle. So they all have these amazing stories, these amazing things they're interested in, things I've never heard of before. So I just try to say, in the margins of my life, am I opening myself up to engage with new people in a way that brings new inputs, new ideas into my world? And I think that's a challenge I put to anybody out there. And it could be, hey, there's meetup.com. There's, there are people who are doing gatherings around niche ideas and topics in your city right now. You can say, I'm a pop-in. I might, I might never go back, but you know what? I didn't know people who have three-legged dogs were all gathering together once a month to talk about the challenges of that, but it's a real thing, and so I can go do that. I can go see what that's like. Well, if, you're, if your idea is related to pet care, that would be a big deal. You'd be in a new community, and you would learn some new things you might never learned before, and just from opening yourself up strategically to new relationships. Love it. All right, I'm going to go to one more, and that is kind of a category, but it's experiences. It could be events or places. So ideas can come from that. You just put yourself in a completely different environment. I'm going to ask each of you guys, think about an event experience that you've had that you you can share as well. But um, one of the things that I do, I mentioned earlier that I have an idea repository, I will keep a list of places that I want to go to that I have never been to before or some experiences that I want to have that I have not had before. And you know, they kind of even overlap with a bucket list you might have. But I'll give you one simple example. My wife, Mallory, wanted to go to Israel. Honestly, Israel was not on my list. But I'm like, okay, let's do it. And so we did. A couple of years ago, we went to Israel, and it was phenomenal. And now it was just she and I with some other couples, but now I want to go back and take my kids there because of the things I know they're going to see and understand and learn as a result of going there. And you got to get outside your comfort zone to do some of that. I'm about to have another one of those in about two months. I'm going to go to Tanzania. Wow. I've never been to the continent of Africa before. And I suspect there'll be elements of that experience that are going to thrust me way outside my comfort zone. And if I'm honest, I kind of like being comfortable. But I'm excited about what I'm going to see, um, what I'm going to be exposed to. And my hope is that I'll think differently as a result of that experience. Mm -hmm. How about you guys? Yeah, uh, well, well, the first experience that came out to me that was really different for me, right before I started working for Tony Robbins, we were required to go to this event. And you know I'm a I'm a business leadership nerd. I like I like the, all the business conferences, but those go from nine to five. Like they you you come in, you eat breakfast, you go home, and he had us there for sixteen hours for three or four days straight. And and I mean I got sick actually because we have to jump up and down a lot. So the all of the, you know the the phlegm and the nasty stuff. Are, I, I mean I got sick because my body was like whoa we're we're, we're gonna get active aren't we Kevin? But 
it pushed. I saw his uh, Netflix documentary too. Is it called "I'm Not Your yeah, Guru"? Yeah, I'm not your guru. So I, I know what those events look like yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, and and so when you walk into that, and, you know, and also most business events want you to be comfortable and, and nice chairs. Chairs are uncomfortable. They have you know a great temperature. He keeps it like 50 degrees the entire time. He brings his own AC unit in that kind of pumps nonstop. And you know, we I walked on hot coals with my wife at 2 a.m. And like, and I, we've been there since like noon the day before so it's like so that what really actually made me think and i saw people were enjoying being pushed that far their comfort zone immediately and i was like oh wow this is something that was big for us because it was so such a it made us think differently about what we're capable of even on something that simple other than that, i think for me it's also related to um going with my friends to do things they care about to, to kind of sort of pull off of what david just said i think that when I engage people I care about at their level of interest, it really exposes me to things I would have never done. And I think that's actually okay to say, what happens if I open up and say, I'll be your tag along. If you want to go to a weird restaurant, I'll go. I'll, I'll be that tag along people. And I've had a lot of those, a lot of new restaurants. My wife's opened me up to a lot of different types of food. And I'm, things are really simple. But Yeah, that's a whole other category right you know, there. That's good. It's so simple. But I think when you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to eat a v- Vietnamese and I'm going to try what that's like. I mean, Take me to the most authentic one in town. Obviously, we're blessed in Atlanta to have those kind of opportunities. But that kind of stuff is really small, but no travel required. That's cool. All right, Jeff, can you get a, Can you like take hot coals and no. take, it, take it up a notch? No, no. <laughs> I would say if this was a video podcast, we would require David to do the Tony Robbins spin move before he goes out to speak. I know the Tony Robbins spin move because I've seen the Netflix. <laughs> That's right. I've actually seen you do the Tony Robbins spin move. You it's very job. different than ballroom dancing, too, I might add. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Several years ago, I saw a mini documentary on the Pixar uh corporate headquarters and I wanted to I just said I want to go there someday you actually gave me an opportunity I couldn't actually for something I didn't get you turned me down man I know so I didn't want to go with you Dave so, offered um, you a gift <laughs> so long story short I wrote him a letter and they they offered a tour for Wendy the kids and me it was it was phenomenal but the reason I say that is in Ed Catmull's book Creativity Inc he talks about get out of the office. That's where the idea is. You know, never has it ever been said in the history of the world behind a cubicle. I have a breakthrough idea. <laughs> That's never happened. So the ideas are out there. You got to get out of the office and go searching for them. And I will say this. Sometimes it's just helpful to say out loud to another person, I would like to go tour the Pixar offices. Uh, and I will say out loud, I would like to take my son to the Masters this spring. So if you're listening and you have Masters tickets, jeff.henderson at gwinnettchurch.org. But when you say these things out loud, it's amazing how sometimes they can come back to you. And that takes a little bit of courage. But when you do that, there are new experiences, new people, and new ideas. But I would say this. Get out of the office. Our friend, our mutual friend, Mark Miller, I've, I've shared this example before, but he says that ideas or your brain are base, is basically like a hill, and when it rains, the rain does ruts, and it's, every time it rains, it just goes through those ruts. So that's what your brain does when it's thinking through challenges. So what you have to do to make the rain go in different ruts is put a bale of hay and make the rain go around the different ruts to, be, to begin to develop different ways of thinking. So the new experiences, the new ideas, that's like throwing a bale of hay in your brain and forcing it to think differently. All right. That's good. So um, we've given you a great list of things. It's not exhaustive. In fact, you may have some awesome additions. Shoot them to us. We may be able to find a way to kind of work that in. But let me leave you with this one overarching challenge. 
Remember the ideas or the, the, the theme is where do good ideas come from? Because you need good ideas if you want to turn them into reality and ultimately sustain them. Here's the challenge for you. In your world, as your world, is it shrinking? Are you getting stale? Are you getting stuck? Do you have those ruts that Jeff just made reference to? Or is your world expanding? Is it energizing? Are you growing? Are you just elevating your thoughts, your experiences? That's, that's what we want you to do. So what we've tried to do is just give you a list of things that can be, it can be fuel for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, figure out which ones make the most for you. Take Jeff's challenge to do something for 10 days. Pick one a month, maybe, to your uh, monthly resolution. But um, we want you to take action and and really um, benefit from the time you've invested in the podcast. Jeff, bring us home. Well, thanks always for listening to, to Launch University. And you can help this social experiment by subscribing to the podcast, following us on Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, and telling others about it. And we really want to help you turn good ideas into reality and sustain them. And the cool thing is, is when, when younger leaders, Dave, ask me if I can mentor them, I'm like, hey, yes. And it's even better than that. If you'll listen to the Launch University podcast, you'll get a whole lot more of it. You'll get everything I know, but then you'll get a gazillion things more from guys like Sid Mashburn and, and uh, great leaders like Dana Spinola and you guys. So we want to help mentor the next generation. That's one of the reasons we did this. That's why we got Kevin, who's um, 45 years younger than most of us here. So, Who clearly still remembers his 20s based on what he shared today. So. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, so, so what we want you to do now is David mentioned earlier that we do summaries of the podcast. So you're like, what, what was that one idea that David said? Go to launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast. That's YOU with university.com forward slash podcast we have a summary of this show available to you you can get it whenever you need it if you find this podcast seven months later guess what we're still there for you waiting for you when you get there and we love to make that process easy for you and you can also share with a friend which makes it also very easy as well so we just want to say thanks again for listening until next week go forth and conquer thanks for listening to the launch university podcast We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.